1: Eagles.
0: Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl.
1: We call them the Salty Dogs.
2: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Salty Dogs podcast. All you happy Buccaneers fans out really? there. I mean, tis tuning the se- in. Tis, tis the season. <laughs> We should call this the Happy Fun Time Podcast. Yeah, well,
0: it, it, it's, you know, settle down. Winning now. cures down. everything. Well, it, it helps. It certainly does. It certainly does. There's no question Well,
2: do you think that. the NFL will make an exception less in the playoffs if we just make, win our last six games in a row?
0: Well, I think it's a great start. Oh, by the way, I am Jeff Ryan. And I can't That's Scott been, Smith. Wow, I've been forgetting that lately. You, you have to remember that every, every week we have more and more people joining us for the first time. You know what, so I've, you noticed,
2: have you know what I've noticed from the questions – lately is that we seem to have a lot of out-of-state listeners well
0: that's good yeah that's real good because they can't get all this inside information i got a
2: ton of questions this week jeff i don't even think we'll get all through them all really i got another one right before i came down here
0: that's excellent i uh, didn't include it um you ready to do like a two-hour podcast i, thing? Can, I can i got i got <laughs> the energy today
2: <laughs> well we've got a lot of things we can talk about from the game and you know just what's going on in general and then we've got all those questions and we have a segment with our guest in the middle. So.
0: Sure. And you, and you have to start. Um,
2: oh, you're going to tell me where we have
0: to start? Well, you just do. I mean, There's no question. You, what? You have to start. B- with, can, can I guess? Go ahead.
2: Sean Murphy Bunting, the home, you know, near no. his hometown. Brashad Perryman? No. Uh, Jameis. 450 and four twice in a row. The only yeah, individual okay, in 100 true.
0: years of the NFL. I'll give you that.
2: That's the right jumping off
0: spot. I mean, I mean, he takes a lot of heat for a lot of things, and in this particular instance, it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, and it's actually a very, very important point beyond just beyond just having a, a cool accomplishment. And like uh, Coach Arian said when he came into his press conference, we're, we're actually recording this on a Monday, which is a little different. Mm-hmm. And earlier today, um, Bruce came in and he said, and basically his opening statement was, whenever you start a sentence with, for the first time in the history of the NFL, you're talking about something big. Yeah. And he was talking about that. He also said when you when you started since with saying like first time in franchise history. So he's talking about Shaq possibly breaking the record. He's already tied it for sacks. But yeah, the Jameis thing is significant beyond just cool numbers and and a couple of victories, of course, because you know you're you're coming down to the wire on that decision. And every time he has a game like that, which was a lot more good than bad especially no Mike Evans and no Chris Godwin at the end and no Scotty Miller for the second half. You feel like this decision starting to
0: lean in a certain direction, right? I I would think. I would think. I, I, again, I'm glad I don't have to make that call. Right. Because you don't know if it's going to be a great decision, whether it's um, you know it, history or, or rather the future will tell you whether that was a great decision on what you did. Um, but it, certainly it's adding up to – yeah, you got to really think long and hard about this. It's kind of, it, it cracks me up in the aspect that when uh, you know the elephant in the room is the picks, and yeah. the fact that he threw one on the first, first drive, drive again, it it was it was kind of like okay, well there you go, we got that. Let's uh, move on. And defensively, they're like, oh yeah, he just threw a pick. Let's just stop him. <laughs> stop, which and, they, and did. they did. Yeah. So so you know, it's it, that's I, the fifth I, time this
2: year, Jeff, I that know. he's thrown a pick <laughs> on the first interception. <laughs> I mean the first drive. That is just weird. It
0: is. You it, gotta
2: it, you gotta admit, like Bruce has said several times, he's really good at shaking that off. Uh, <laughs> he had 221 receiving or passing yards by the end of that quarter. He's like, the the defense got to stop. And he's like, okay,
0: yeah, and, we'll went, do better this time. And, and as soon as the, the the pick happens, my initial thought was, see, this is the kind of game you get in trouble with. You know, you're you're expected to beat the Lions. That's, yeah, right. The and thought. they had a
2: thousand injured players.
0: And so you,
2: but. Um, well, I mean, but he did take control of that game early.
0: I oh, mean, yeah. Here's another pressure.
2: thing. Here's another thing that Jameis Winston has done that no other Buccaneer has ever done. He directed a 99-yard touchdown drive. God, that wasn't that beautiful. It was great. And by the <laughs> the funny part was by the end of the drive, I kind of had forgotten that it started at the one. And then uh, I think Mike Mike Pahanick from PR said to me, "Hey, that, that's I think that's a 99 yard drive. Is that a record? I, I knew off the top of my head it was because I know that 98 was the previous record, right? Yeah. And obviously 99 at the very
0: least would have to tie the record, but it was the first one. And and that could have been a disaster to begin with because of the punt. You know what? This, <laughs> I mean, the, this has <laughs> got to be the
2: harshest statistical ruling I've ever seen on a play right. because you know how that play was officially ruled Mm-mm. a. One one uh, punt return for no yards and a fumble by Jamel Dean.
0: Oh, because he he was the <laughs> he last. He makes per- a hero play. Yeah, but he was the last guy to touch it. <laughs> he was the last guy of to touch it. Yeah,
2: potentially. I I don't know because I haven't gone. But did you go back and look at it? Did Justin touch it?
0: We couldn't decide. That was the problem. Okay, and the replays the replays in the what w- w- you couldn't tell. And There's it
2: didn't p- have to be reviewed to see because the ball went out of bounds, so it was ours. But um, if if he had touched it, obviously that would have been a big deal. If they'd recovered, then we would have had to review it. Because if he doesn't touch it, nobody touches it. They're just downing it right there. But all Jamel Dean knows is this looks like a disaster. And if I can, and of course he's a, maybe the fastest player mm-hmm. on our team. If I can get there first and get the ball first, I can at least prevent them from scoring. And he does. And he manages to basically fall on it as it's going out of bounds and he gets credit for a punt return
0: <laughs> with a fumble. so
2: now he has a career zero yard average yeah. punt return in his NFL career and he has a fumble on a play where he <laughs> he well, saved the day
0: and if you're the lions you're feeling pretty good about yourself you got him on the one yard got line we're going to get great field position here we go bruce apparently the first
2: play was a pass which by, let me just say this to a bigger audience than usually, the two or three guys sitting next to me in the press box, because they probably are really freaking tired of hearing me say this every time our team is backed up like that at the one or two yard line. I am, or any team, I'm always of the opinion, play action throw on the first, on on first down, mm-hmm. because that that run where you hand it off and you try to get out, you don't even get out of the end zone sometimes, and it's a disaster. Quick, quick pass. Well, we did it this time, but the pass I believe was deflected, and Bruce thought that had a shot to go ninety nine yards to Brett Perryman Perryman. <laughs> uh, you're
0: talking about his dad. I know. I like it. Well, we were in Detroit. We've seen him play. Yeah.
2: So I don't. I don't have a good mental image of it. Do you? Did was it going? Yeah. I. No. It got the ball. Got hit. So. And then then Peyton Barber did make a nice run. Our running game can hardly do anything at all, but at least he had that run from the one out to about the five.
0: It hardly does anything at all, but when it does, it does it at the right time. Uh, it has. It does maybe so because
2: Bruce keeps sticking to it. We had 29 runs in that game. They only got 49 yards. Take away about five kneel downs because hmm. there was definitely four kneel downs at the end of the game. I don't remember at the end of the first half, but you take, out, take away some kneel downs, it's still like 24 carries, which is a lot when you're not running the ball at all. I looked at this the other day. Okay, so we were about 13th. The Buccaneers, before this last game, I believe the Buccaneers were 13th in number of carries. So upper half of the league in trying to run the football. Every team above us had a much better per carrier average than ours, which is about 3.6, or it was before that game, so it's going to be even worse now. All the other teams that are at the bottom of the chart of yards per carry are also at the very bottom of the chart of rush rushing attempts. Basically, a lot of those teams know they can't run and have given up on it. Mm-hmm. Bruce isn't given up on it, for better or for worse. And and to listen to him say it, and I think there's some truth to it. Maintaining that balance, you know, important and and making teams believe that that you that that you you might hand it off so that the play action has more bite to it. There are some that disagree that that makes any difference. I tend to think that. If the other team sees you running the ball, especially if you run on first down all the time, and they see you, they it, it freezes the defenders for a second. And James had good numbers on play-action passes in this game.
0: Yeah. I, you know, maybe we are a passing team. <laughs> <laughs> I think I we're mean, definitely. At the end of the day, sometimes you just those, have to embrace it. Those
2: 914 it. <laughs> yards in the last two yeah. games? Yeah, yeah you had that
0: two hint? receivers over 100 yards in a game, and and Chris was out early. He, uh, he has...
2: Jameis has 4,537 passing yards, which is first in the NFL. Uh, and a new record for us by about 400 yards with two games to play. And like you said, guys are dropping like flies, and we're still throwing the ball.
0: I, I It was fun after the game. Um, Not if you were a trainer. Well, we had – no. We had uh, Brashard Perryman on, and we were asked him about his connection with Jameis. Tra- oh, okay. Yeah. And – he was funny because he he, he to two lines that made me laugh was, Jameis was dropping him was dropping dimes today. He was, and then the other one is Jameis is a dog. He's just a dog, dog, <laughs> a dog. You didn't
2: define <laughs> what no. that was, but just he meant that. it complimentary. <laughs> yeah,
0: he did, <laughs> and and uh, it's 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 one of those where next man up, and it surely has, and bringing. Uh, Richard Perryman in, people were questioning was that a good move or not? And they were
2: questioning that about midseason. Yeah. Or about,
0: about three weeks ago, they were questioning.
2: Well, it. Yeah. but remember around midseason before the trade, or not the trade deadline, but the deadline to. Um,
0: yeah, because if you, got, you did something, you would get a draft if pick you, or something. If you
2: got. It's part of the formula for uh, the comp- compensatory pick selection mm-hmm. thing. And the way that works is it, it's supposed to give you compensation for um, uh, net losses in free agency. And some teams. Really play the system a lot, like Baltimore always has. I think New England does to some extent. Um, they make a great effort to be on the minus side of that, uh, so that they get these extra picks. But the first part of the formula is is a simple one to one math. If you if you sign three players that qualify in this formula that are actual unrestricted free agents, not somebody that somebody else cut, mm-hmm. and you lose three, then you're at zero. You got to be you got to lose one more. It doesn't matter who they are. First, you have to lose one more than you gained of guys that qualify. Once you do that, then based on what they've done, the size of the contract and all that, there's a there's a much more complicated formula that figures out what pick you get. Um, it We are already one on the plus side right now and are expected to get a pick that for a while looked like it might be a four, at the end of the fourth round. Now it's probably more like the end of the fifth. So back then the thought was this deadline's approaching – for you to make a move that that affects that formula. And if you – Brashad, I think, was one that could be cut, and Bradley Pinion was another one, Um, and I'm glad we didn't do either of those. And at the time, I think Brashad had like three catches for 16 yards. So the thought was if you had released him, you would then get two picks in this compensatory system. But the second one was probably going to be a sixth-rounder. At the very least, it's a after-the-fifth round, which is like a sixth-rounder. At the very most, I mean. So there was some criticism about keeping Brashad at the expense of potentially mm-hmm. getting a late fifth or late sixth <laughs> round draft pick. I get it. I get it. You're looking at it on paper. Yeah. I understand. I don't. I was on the fence at the time. Clearly, the right decision
0: was made. We would be Cooler really in trouble yeah, like, right now without Brashad Berryman. And you, and, you know, I mean, he made great catches. I mean, it, it. Well, they were just smooth. He looked very smooth. It stride, and it's this, been a long yeah, time. and it's the passes a, were on the money. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, it's a circus catch. It was boom. Almost he hit said, dropping dimes. Yeah,
2: almost hit another one later, I think, in the third quarter down the right sideline. Remember that? It was just a move off the line and straight fly, and James threw kind of that low-arcing one. Oh, it didn't miss by much, man. Yeah. It was close. But uh, It was kind of like the one he hit Mike Evans on the mm-hmm. week
0: before. But, you know, it's a game when you look at the first quarter and you look at the first – Half, you're looking at it and saying, this game is over. Just let's put a fork in it. And that wasn't the case at all. And if you look at the final score, you're thinking, well, exactly. that wasn't a very close if game I at told, all.
2: If I told you the Bucks rushed out to a 21-0 lead against a team that was just just terribly beset by injuries... Uh, had lost six in a row, and then at the end of the game you won by 21. You think, okay, so that was a
0: nice, calm, mm-hmm. t- uh, stress-free afternoon, right? <laughs> it was, yeah. It, it didn't work out that way. No, but once again, and it's kind of cool because you, there's all the conversation about what Jameis Winston's doing in the air and how many points the offense is putting on. But, you know, a little bit of buckball came back to win that, that football game. But because of the interception? Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? Because that's how this team used oh, to win. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. And we're not used to having this high-power high, high power offense, offense right. even when the team was right. in, in those, those glory years.
2: Yeah, and I know Detroit came back, and it for, and for a while there was a stretch, mostly in the third quarter, where it seemed like nothing could go our way. In nothing, no matter what we tra- happened. we were
0: trying to run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you got
2: that right. But, uh, you know, David Blau, I think, hadn't been able to do anything at all in the first half. But what happened was he started to – we were getting decent pressure, and we were blitzing a ton like in the third quarter, but we couldn't quite get him, and he'd escape. And that is the really – in this last month, if you look at the numbers, you look like like DVOA, which is a higher-level stat, the Bucks defense has been very highly rated in the last month, and I don't think they've given up a whole lot – other than when they can't get a quarterback on the ground and he extends plays. Gardner Minshew, uh, Jacoby Brissett yeah. to some extent. No,
0: that's it. Exactly right.
2: And David Blau made two big plays. Two. He had the one down the sideline to Amandola, which was a great catch and would have been anyway because of pass interference. And then he had the second one that was almost identical, which looked all the world to me like he was trying to throw to Amendola again, but it was way short. And that other guy, whose name I can't think of right now, came flying in from L- the middle Lacey. of the Lacey, Chris Lacey. And good job. And uh, and caught it. I'm like, where'd that guy come from? I don't think that was intended for him. But anyway, both of those led to touchdowns. Now you're down 24-17. Coach shows confidence in his kicker, and I actually thought this was the right decision. I agree. Because he had made four of five from 50. In the, and, and you're indoors. I I think if you give Matt Gay that kick 10 times, he makes it eight times. At least. And so he hits the left upright with it, and that – the downside, of course, is
0: where you give them the ball by missing. Go ahead. Well, what was frustrating about that kick is when he kicked it, you thought it was going to go through. I couldn't tell from where I was. Yeah, we thought it was. We thought it was going to go through. I, and uh, TJ was in my ear, and he goes, "Oh, that's going to be good." Oh, boink. <laughs> yeah, it kind of hit the outside of the upright, so it wasn't. There was no chance of it bouncing in. But
2: because of that, now you're up by one touchdown. They have all the momentum, and they have the ball near midfield, and they immediately move across midfield. And you're starting to go. How could this possibly be happening? Yeah,
0: this and then, is, this is not going to be good. And then
2: Sean Murphy Bunting changed everything in a moment.
0: And isn't it funny how one play just is like just, and he's it's the, over. He's it's, the, it was done. He's the Michigan kid. Oh, uh, that you know what's so great about that? His
2: it, former head coach at Central Michigan is now the special teams coordinator for the Lions.
0: Oh, that's even better. John I didn't Bonomeo. know. I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he had like 40 family members there. Yeah, and, and <laughs> That
2: was a big hit in the pocketbook. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, but it was really kind of cool because he said it was fun for him to come back and to be able to play, you know, in in Detroit, in Michigan, have all these people from high school and mm-hmm. college, his yeah. mom, his family there. and then And then, he makes, and the then he makes the play phenomenal. And we all know the story that his mom put him in the car and they mm-hmm. drove. Yeah. To uh, to central because Michigan. they changed
2: coaches and they thought he was going to lose his scholarship offer and it was the only one he had right yeah
0: and his mom goes get in the car let's go which <laughs> which yeah you look back at Dad, it's, it's thanks mom yeah really it's pretty solid he he really liked watching
2: Darius Slay mm-hmm. I'd say growing up but mm-hmm. I mean I guess as an adolescent because Slay's been there probably like years. Yeah, but uh, – So now he's playing on the same field as Slay, and he's the one who makes the big play.
0: What, one time, I I, I I don't know when, but one time I would just like to, you know, not have to think about a game that, you know, we always talk about, oh, I knew it was over with. I didn't – you know we, – Well, you knew it was over with when you picked it off. I thought, I thought where um, – let's see, when, when Edwards made the interception and ran it down, was it Adams? Adams. Adams uh, ran it down, and then we had a penalty and it came back. Yeah. Still had the interception, but it came back. I thought that was a key turning point because I felt like at that point had he he would have been down like at the seven yard line, yeah. would have scored a touchdown the there. Yeah, it would have been twenty eight to three.
2: I know you say would've and people listening back, yeah. like, oh you don't know for sure, but our red zone offense has been very, very good lately. strong. Yeah. Didn't really need it much. And, and and in this game.
0: And at that point in the game, the Lions were not stopping anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean it was crazy. It looked like
2: it was easy pickings for Winston. Sort of deep and intermediate, there's
0: but but you know what? I'll say one thing about the Lions, though they 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 didn't fold the tent. They they played no. hard, and up that's until with that a lot had... of guys injured. Mm-hmm. They had
2: eight guys that were basically first, as starters in the first half of the season who weren't there, including of course Matt Stafford. But they put four starters on in injury reserve that week. Yeah, well, the uh, we tried we tried to even it out by the end of the game, though, with all our hamstring injuries and well, Tanner Hudson like with the
0: concussion protocol, and which is interesting because <clears throat> uh, you know. If you st- I don't know. Maybe I I, I, I was going to say something, but I think I'm going to check it. Do you know that Jameis – I'll help you
2: out then. I'll change the subject. Did you know that Jameis threw completions to 11 different players? In I did game? know that, yes. That's not easy to do. No. Because you have to have 11 different guys eligible <laughs> even, even up. <laughs> yeah. even bit, So it's like, in this case, it was five receivers, three tight ends, and three backs – I, That's all we had, and he completed one to every it, single it's one getting, of them. It's
0: getting pretty scary. Jameis goes back to throw, and your receiver running down. Oh, I'm about to score a touchdown.
2: Oh, there goes the oh, hammy. Yeah,
0: these guys are like, 3 don't throw to me. Mike Edwards. Yeah. Scoring a touchdown. Scotty. Scotty. Chris's wasn't on one. It wasn't no. even
2: on a pass thrown to him.
0: But. It's a shame,
2: really, because it certainly feels like neither Mike or Chris are going to play the last two games. And, um, I mean, I hope, but I kind of doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because it would have liked to see where those two would have ended up. So officially, right now, it's Chris at thirteen thirty-three and Mike at eleven fifty-seven.
0: What's crazy is uh, how fast Scotty Miller is.
2: That's what you got from what I was saying.
0: No, I just happened to think when I when when I, you were continuing, but I was thinking about how fast he was. Okay, I mean, it, for a little guy, little guys are often the fastest. I, yeah, but I just there's something about his speed, which I'm which I'm sorry that. You know, he pulled his hammy that that I wanted to see more because yeah. he, you know he... that's two hamstring injuries for him now. You gotta wonder a little bit, yeah. That, and that's not good. This
2: is what I meant when I said to our podcast, Jeff, because I mean I had a list of things we could touch on, and we're barely into them. What, what else he... we got? Uh, 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 you know, the defense has not allowed. We we talked about those two big plays that mm-hmm. they got on the scrambles, but otherwise they didn't really have much at all. They every every each of the last five games our defense has only given up four big plays. And by that, I mean runs of 10 or more yards and, and completions of 20 or more yards. Each game, they're given up exactly four. And that's making a huge difference. We're not giving up those big chunk plays that we were giving up earlier and more more so in recent seasons. We hadn't gone an entire game and only given up four big plays at, at all in the first Nine games of the season, and now we've done it five times in a row. I mean, that's that. I'm just trying to give you ways to measure how much different the defense has been Mm -hmm. in the last, during this winning streak in particular.
0: So. You like that one? I did. Okay. How about this? I was mm-hmm. just thinking of big plays, and then I was thinking of yesterday the big throws, you know, the broken plays, the running around, and just <sighs> Yeah,
2: but that's about all they got. Mm-hmm. They had one run for 15 yards on but the third could one. But you can lose
0: football games on like that.
2: Well, except that we were making more big plays. Wow, well, that's very Uh very You true. know, Brashad Perryman had never had a multi-touchdown Mm-mm. game before, and now he's the fourth guy in Bucks history of to three touchdown catches in one game, uh, joining. Do you have any idea? I'd have to say Mike He Evans. did it this year. Yeah. And then Jimmy Giles had the four-touchdown game against oh. Miami in that kind of well-known game in the 85. Mm-hmm. The other one was actually Morris Owens in 1976, which I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me we didn't score three touchdowns that whole season. But he had three in one game. Who was that? Morris Owens. Oh, wow. wow. Hmm. But the interesting thing about Brashad's three touchdowns is that all of them were 25 yards or longer, and no Buck had ever done that before. Oh. And nobody in the entire NFL had done that for – Six years since Jamal Charles did it in a huge game in 2013. Crazy. So you don't, you just don't get, you get three touchdown games every now and then, but usually there's like a one or a six or an eight yard one mixed in there.
0: It's funny, just how fast your career can be like one level and go to the next level. Well, he kind of
2: did the same thing last year. Was uh, did most of his stuff at the second half after he'd been let go by the Ravens and was on Cleveland and kind of surged. So maybe he's just a second half guy.
0: Uh if you know, you're if you're in a playoff run, that's the kind of guy you Yeah, want. but that's a very good point. It's
2: also why you don't cut him at mid season to get a sixth round draft pick. Um the worst thing that coach Arian said in his press conference was when, afterwards after the game was when he was asked about Chris Goblin. He said, I don't know yet, but it doesn't look good. Yeah. The best thing he said yeah. was he was being asked about Shaq and uh how big it was that he'd done that and that he was a potential free agent and he just kind of smiled and goes, he ain't going anywhere. Yeah. He ain't going anywhere.
1: <laughs> which,
0: which if
2: I feel good about that because I think Shaq also said he wants to stay here. So you got two sides that really want
0: to get that done. Now the question is what does Drew Rosenhouse? Do?
2: Well, it's not going to be cheap. No. When you lead, potentially lead the NFL in sacks, which he is right now by one and a half over Chandler Jones. And he could be the first Buccaneer ever to lead the NFL in sacks. Cause Sim never did it. Sap. Mm-hmm. The year Sap had 16.5. Leroy Glover had 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you lead the league in sacks,
0: you're going to get paid. No, Someone's going to pay you. You're going to pay now, a lot. now the question is. Someone's going to pay them a lot. Where, where do you want to be? Because that's the, be- here. that's the beauty about being in free agencies when you're that hot. Well, you get to decide. We want, want him to, yeah,
2: exactly. But hopefully he'll decide he likes it here, which
0: he has well, said on several occasions. Well, and he, he said that he d- really didn't like moving. And he, that's when, right. when he moved from Denver <laughs> to here, it was a little tough. And after he did it, it was kind of like, you forget all the little things you need to figure out, the grocery store, the doctor, <laughs> the dentist. And all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm not so sure if I want to do this again. You know so. what
2: You know what? college kids don't have to worry about anymore? mm when they get to their dorm or their apartment or whatever, setting up phone service. Oh, right. You don't even have to yeah. do that anymore. That was a pain in the or, butt. Or, or cable. <laughs> Why? They, just, they cut the cord? Yeah, they cut the cord. Everything is I didn't Netflix. have cable TV in college, Jeff. I'm sorry oh. I wasn't rich like you. <laughs> well, just saying. There were other things that to um, entertain yourself with in college. Is there? There are many. There are. Uh,
0: Rumor has So it.
2: anyway, yeah, Shaq... Um, here's another thing that maybe he would like that I would hope would sway him is the way this defense has turned around at the end of the season. And it's such a young defense and it's a defense that's starting to believe that would be a good thing to get in on the ground floor of, right? If you go to another team, you don't necessarily know what their
0: defense is. Well, yeah, you're going in as, as you're the savior, you're the savior. Yeah. And, and we all know how that kind of plays unless, unless you're going to a team, like can he, he had come here and, uh, he looked at it as, I liked I liked the defense that was going to be played here.
2: Oh, the Todd Bulls. And
0: Bullets. he did have an opportunity to go somewhere else, and we talked about this previously. You know, he bet on himself to come here.
2: Yeah. I'm sure, though, had there been a number of multi-year offers out there, mm-hmm. that's what he would have gone with. But he, he, he did as good as you could possibly do on a one-year contract. Yeah. Man. That's so, insane. What else you got? I've gone down my list now. All right. You got anything?
0: Mm-hmm. I really don't, no.
2: Well, that's okay, because we want to get to our guests, and also there's a ton of questions that that maybe we can get to a few more. All right, we can do that. All right? Very good. All right, uh, we'll be back in just a moment.
0: The Salty Dogs.
2: And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith, and And that's Jeff Ryan over there. And Jeff, we're not alone anymore, are we? No, we are not. Can not tell everybody who's here?
0: It's Andrew. Andrew Adams, yes. to be specific. <laughs> well, he goes by his first name only. <laughs> Andrew, thanks yeah.
2: for taking some time here today no during problem, your off time. No, no problem. Yeah, what I
0: appreciated. He was he
1: was waiting for me. He was right <laughs> yeah. there. So we appreciate that. That's, I was ready to that's go. a veteran move.
2: So how's ready. it feel right now on a four game winning streak?
1: Oh, it feels good. You know, uh you know the vibe in the building is, you know, great. You know, winning winning's fun and you know, that's what we're in this business to do, to win. So uh anytime you can stack wins in a row. You know it's a great feeling, you know, guys playing with confidence, having fun and you know that's what it's all about.
2: And it doesn't look like anybody has taken the well we're out of the playoff race and a lot of guys are injured so it doesn't matter approach.
1: No, that's uh that's not the that's not the mentality and the mindset of our team. That's you know, good. uh you know Coach Arians, you know, does a great job with, you know, um you know kind of mm-hmm. going over our mindset and okay. you know, telling us um you know how to think, and you know, as a pro, you're gonna you're gonna do your job anyway, despite despite the circumstances, playoffs or no playoffs. So uh, I think everybody, you know, is in that professional mindset and uh, is ready to play. Head as uh, Coach Arians talked at all about that if you were still in the
0: playoff hunt, how important this particular game would be, or how the next two games would be. Oh in no! That mindset?
1: Uh no! Because you know, in our eyes, each game that we play is. Is the biggest to that point. So um, this game that we're about to play is no bigger than the, the first Manning one. That, yeah, the, the the first one of the season okay. or the or the last one of the season. So we're we're preparing for this game um, as it as it is a playoff game, just like the next one.
2: You know, watching a game. I'm switching gears here a little bit, but watching a game, I've always thought it was. I've always wondered what it must feel like to be the guy who, say, picks off a pass and runs 70 yards downfield, and you're down there by the other goal line celebrating, you don't even know yet that there's a flag on the
0: field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> you, had, <laughs> you had that experience. Oh, what sure. Did. Let's bring that up. You <laughs> saved, well, you still got def- the pick. Listen, you save yeah. that for the end of the interview, okay, but continue.
1: Definitely. Um, so you're definitely happy you got the pick and you turn around and see a flag. You just hope that it doesn't nullify <laughs> the thing. <pick>. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, as soon as you see that the, that the interception counted and – it just kind of um, hurts the return. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not as bad. But uh, I still wanted those return yards. Of but, course. Uh, yeah. Plus,
2: it would have set him up for a, probably yeah, a, for a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. I think Levante had one erased. And I think I heard that he even knew it. Like, he'd already seen the flashback. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now. He knew it. He just so picked off the pass, but he knew, it, it, pass, the, but <laughs> he knew yeah, it didn't
1: matter. He, I, I, I think he was standing right behind <laughs> the guy that jumped offside. <laughs> so uh, he knew it. As, as soon as he caught it, so he didn't even have a, a reaction.
0: So when you went to the sideline, did you talk to your guys and say this is what good hands can do because there are so many opportunities before?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Coach Bowles does a great job putting us in yeah. positions to make plays. And at the end of the day, the players on the field, so it's up to us to make them. But, yeah, uh, after I caught it, um, you know, I'm like, guys, that's how you catch football. <laughs> but then uh, we and, started catching him after and, that. And
0: you showed him how to run too. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> both, yeah. both. I think
2: Sean was taking lessons. Yeah, yeah, Sean. Oh yeah, <laughs> he that's made huge. it. Yeah. yeah, he made a great you play. You he coached him play. up well. B- yeah. Could you see? Play. Could you see it developing? Because it looks like he maybe.
1: Yeah, he was right in front of me. Okay, so he was right in front of me, and um, we knew that um, that number 80 likes. Amendola, yeah. yeah Amendola likes those press outs. so he was giving them to us earlier in the game. So Sean, Sean finally caught on and. Uh, no, nah, you're not doing this again. And ah. I saw him, I saw him make a uh excellent break Did break he, on the ball and he and he undercut the route. So Did he bait him at all or he just moved uh, at the right moment? I think I think he just undercut the route. Okay. So um he kinda he kinda anticipated the route okay. and played it and uh played it very that well. That was pretty great. Yeah. I
0: find it interesting as the game goes on, you guys are talking to each other trying to figure out you know, it's another chess match, so to speak, where, where you're going. Hey, he's, Anandola's is trying to do this all the time. Yeah. I'm going to cut over that way. Yeah.
2: In another, uh, in another parallel universe, you might have been playing in that game on the other side. It was a weird situation, yeah. going yeah. from here to there, and then ended up back here.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, it was a weird situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> guessing you're happy situation. with the way it worked out. Definitely, though. definitely. I'm happy to be a buck, and you know, I love the locker room, I love the teammates, I love the organization, so. Uh, I am happy. Can, you could even like, say. Can we
0: talk about that situation for those who don't know how it?
2: I'll, I'll, I can recap that Andrew was with us last year. Yeah, I remember maybe, that. Maybe about third week of September, something like that. Yeah.
1: So yeah, probably wrong. And week ended three. up
2: with a pretty big role as the season went along. Yeah. Didn't? Weren't you for a while playing sort of that hybrid linebacker sort yeah, of? Yeah, I was
1: playing a lot of dime, dime linebacker, uh, yeah. third down packages, stuff like that, and then then, you know increasingly I started, you know, playing first, second down and starting yeah. towards the end of the year.
2: And picked off three passes off Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, did that yeah. a keep to leave Ronde Barber and Andrew Adams. Ooh, right there. The only three yeah, slayers in Bucks history to do that. Oh, and then you um, ended up signing with Detroit. Detroit and free And agency. you come they, they let you go at the end and a you come back here, but it's a brand new coaching staff.
1: Right. So uh, it
2: wasn't as if it was like these guys just knew you and one. It was another coaching staff that knew you could help.
1: Definitely. Uh, it was a new coaching staff, so I had to come in, and it was a different scheme than we ran last year. But uh, just being a professional and being, you know, the uh, cerebral football player that I am, I was able to study, you know, and pick yeah. up pick up what they wanted me to do, what they uh, needed out of the free safety position. So um, I, think, I think that. That was big, and also um, I had uh, new Mr. Light already, so that's right, yeah. So when I came back, me and him were kind of on the same page, and uh, it was just kind of you know just getting just yeah. getting to know the new coaching staff.
2: Yeah, and you already knew Carlton and Jordan, and yeah, yeah, I knew
1: yep, all and... the DBs because we played together yeah. last year. So, so since you know what the old
0: system was like and the new system, every time I hear every every time we talk to you defensive guys they always talk about how much fun it is so can you elaborate a little bit on that Um, why it would be so much fun
1: I would say it's fun because the players make the defense come alive Um, so it's 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 only going to go as far as we take it so we can there's there's so much communication within the defense Mm -hmm. and so many different roles that a safety can play or a linebacker can play or a nickel can play that um, we can be interchanged. And the communication between each other is what, is what makes it either complex or simple and what makes us good.
2: Is the reliance on all that communication maybe a big reason why it took a little while for this all to come together? Uh, but I was it did big
1: yeah. I would say so. You know, we had to get the communication right, and we had to get, you know, playing together. You know, um, through throughout the season, throughout the year. That takes time to know to know what the other what the person next he's going to you is gonna do okay. or what he's going to call before before something happens. So uh, I just think that chemistry, like you said, the communications all it, it 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 took time to gel together. I'm curious because I've heard this communication communication. So, are you? How many
0: people are you communicating to everybody on <laughs> I mean when, when you hear but but it's yeah. I mean seriously um. When so, you say communicate, like Scott and I communicate, not very well, but we communicate. Jeff just so, Jeff
2: just asked a question and then told himself it was a good question. Didn't it is a great that? question. Yeah.
0: So I would say the same. <laughs> Did you like this question? <laughs> <laughs> Let the man
2: answer
1: the question. question. No, it was a good question. It <laughs> Thank was a, you. No, no, it's it's uh, definitely a good question. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Devin White might say the linebacker is uh, the quarterback of the defense, but I think the safety is, and um, be, which is because we have to communicate to linebackers and corners. And Nichols, and even sometimes D linemen So, uh, and who does he communicate to?
0: He, um, well, he calls the besides, yeah.
1: He communicates a lot to the D line, you know, making front calls, stuff like that. Uh, but he doesn't really turn around mm-hmm. to talk to us, so because he's behind us. So, therefore, we're we're voicing to him, you know, stuff that we're doing or stuff that we need them to do things like that.
2: Well, we yeah. only got a couple more minutes here, so let's talk a little bit about the next game, Houston, on Saturday. And you guys are trying to make it five games in a row, but also you can keep them from clinching their division. Yeah. Um, so it's – I don't know. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it seems like some players do enjoy being in a spoiler role. Um, so does that matter to you guys at all?
1: Uh, I would say to me it is uh, about us. Okay. It's, not a, it's not about them. Right. So it's about what we do, and it's about our energy and our intensity and putting good football on tape for next year, and being able to have that momentum yeah. going rolling into next year. Specifically,
2: you're facing a quarterback that's a different sort of challenge, and Deshaun Watson. Definitely, it, it, you have to prepare differently for a guy who plays so well on the move.
1: A hundred percent. You know, he's a great athlete. He's mobile, and he can throw. So you you have to prepare for both. And um, you know, it's 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 hard in practice to, to simulate a guy like that. Sure, you know, yeah. a guy so so electrifying that's a like good point, that. Yeah, but uh, you know, we do the best we can, and you just know, you know, um, in the back of your head that this certain type of rep might look this way in practice, but in the game is going to be a certain yeah. way, and that's when your film study comes into play and, and uh, all those things.
2: What about uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Like Coach was saying. The ball, he's like when the ball's coming, he's like that the ball's his, that's yeah. his attitude. He's like
1: a magnet to the ball, yeah. so therefore, that has to be that needs to be our attitude. Yeah, the ball is in the air, it's ours. You, you
2: need to demagnetize him, yeah, <laughs> change the yeah. polar uh, the ball's in the air. polarity <laughs> of the <laughs> magnet, north <laughs> and south, or, or <laughs> however it works. Flip it, yeah,
1: All there right, you go, exactly. Right. But great. Well, well, well Andrew, thank you, appreciate it. guys
2: are.
0: See, it's Andrew Adams, and you said thank you, Adam, because we're on first name basis. I didn't say thank you, Adam, thank you, Andrew. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, really. Thanks. I know you guys are working hard for the next game, so we appreciate sure. your time yeah. very much. Good Not stuff. For the Salty Dogs, and we're back here on the Salty Dogs for our final podcast. I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. I remember that time. I know you're a fast learner. Um, guess what, Jeff? The questions, the mailbag's heating up, man. My inbox, I should say. Okay Uh, because we were struggling there for a little while, and now
0: everybody wants to talk to us. Well, you finally gave out how to send it. If you'd like to send us questions. (laughs) It helps if you tell people how to do it. The
2: easiest way, and it allows you to write a lot, if you want to flesh it out more than say on Twitter, is Uh email to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Okay. B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S is how you spell Buccaneers. I like it. Okay, this first question is from Zach from Indiana, and all it's right. a really, really long one. Okay, all right. so it's really long, but long. it's a nice story, so it's worth it.
0: Oh, all okay. right. It was the night before Christmas. <laughs> no, <laughs> go ahead.
2: It was the best of times. It was, it was the, the worst, worst of times.
0: times. <laughs> That's uh, is that uh, War and Peace? Neither, or is it? Or is it when the bells? Or talk? is it? Is it a Dickens? I thought it was a Hemingway. <laughs> wow we're so literary <laughs> look it up on your phone
2: while i read this look it up on your phone Wow. okay again really deep. i do read
1: a lot of books i do <laughs> too that's why i'm going mostly Wait science up. fiction though so. uh, well. all right
2: um okay he says a uh, hay salty dogs which i don't know if that was like on purpose kind of combining hay and ahoy but if i'm going to Dwell on that. I'm never going to get through this question. Right. Uh, hey, salty dogs, love your show. Thanks. I've been a diehard Bucks fan for over 25 years now, and have as re- as a result infected my wife and three kids <laughs> with the roller coaster of emotions that comes with loving this team. I fell in love with them when they were in the NFC North. Edit uh, here for a moment. It was called the NFC Central back then. Yes. The Bucks it was. left. The rest of the team stayed, and they changed their name to the mm-hmm. NFC North. But it was called the NFC Central.
0: Or the was, Black was, and Blue
2: yeah, Division. And televised frequently in my area. Forgot to mention, I live in northeast Indiana. So, yeah, Packers, Bears, Vikings. Oh, nice. my. I really enjoy listening to Gene broadcast the games. Oh, nice. But this year, we went all in and got season tickets for the first time. Wow. As Yeah, as a family, we have had so much fun making the journey down to Tampa. Win or lose, it's always a good time for us. We enjoy hanging out after the games to watch the players come out of the building, the stadium, yep. and have a football with most of their signatures. So... That's like I wonder if they've done all well. It'd be five so far, for all five trips from Indiana to, wow. and then two more to come. What's we had he do? The, I, there's no, there's no <laughs> oh, resume attached. All, right. all this being said, I have one statement and one odd question that the salty dogs seem to like lately. I've always liked the odd questions. Send the odd so. ones. Odd, like odd fellows, ones. go ahead. The statement: My family witnessed Will Golston come out after a game with a seriously painful-looking limp. We could all tell there was nothing he wanted more than to get home and get off his legs, which probably is true, right? That's what these guys want on a Sunday night. Instead of limping to his vehicle and driving off like I would have done, he struggled his way to every kid there to sign autographs for. Yeah, that's solid. At the end of the line was a young fan in a wheelchair that he bent down on his knees to get a picture with. Watching him get up made us all wince in pain and also made him my family's favorite player. Oh, we now have. I feel like yeah. I said it almost like Casey Kasem there, yeah, thing the of a long distance dedication. Yeah. We now have a saying at our house: <laughs> "You threw a Casey Kasem, <laughs> a Casey Kasem reference. You I got mean, it, American Top 40. 40. Yeah, and then you do those long distance dedications, yes. and it always sounds kind of like this. Yeah. Nah, now I can't do it. Yeah. We now have a saying at our house: "To treat others as Will did that fan." Thanks, Will, for being you. So I guess I obviously have to pass this along to Will. Yes, right. We do. Who just recently played in his one hundred career game wow! By the way. already yeah wow. and i told him about that and he didn't know it beforehand i said you're about to play your 100 career game and did he say go oh, my legs really hurt <laughs> he was actually very pleased to hear that which i agree with because playing in 100 games yeah. makes you a successful NFL a full player all by itself <clears throat> the question all right and i don't know the answer to this but maybe you do all right is there a back door out of the facility and he means a stadium not the facility mm-hmm. Not this facility we're sitting in, that some of the players can escape from. Not to sound like a crazy stalker, but we have noticed over the year that not all the players seem to come through the gauntlet of fans every week. It's a question my family has been asking ourselves, and I thought no one better than the salty dogs to ask. Thanks for the podcast. Love your work and keep them coming. Thanks, Zach from Indiana.
0: Well, there's there's a number of, it's there's there are a number of exits out of the stadium. Where the fans are is basically leading to the player, player parking, parking lot, yeah. so
2: it makes sense that they all come out that
0: way. Yeah, I think what happens too is that players don't always leave all the time either because they can get treatment because yeah, of being, that's right. With the new locker room, so some move, of them are there longer, and they have the new they have the tubs there now. I mean, I mean they, uh, they, don't, I would, they don't have to come to one buck to get treatment. They can or well, or, or the Advent yeah. Health Training, Training Center. Center. They can get it there. So I think part of it might be that. Also, there is a family area where players, uh, their family gathers <clears throat> yeah. and, and they spend time Yeah, visiting. You see that in every stadium, by the way. And, yeah. And so it may be, I don't know how long they're waiting to leave, but a lot of times players aren't leaving for after an hour yeah. after the game. Yeah. And they could go out one of the other docks,
2: mm-hmm. Dock D or A, and that but, still keeps them close to the yeah. parking lot. And maybe some of them
0: get out there quickly. If you're there's other guys, yeah, there's guys like that. If
2: you're injured or inactive, then by the end of the game, you get dressed really quickly. And as soon as the coach is done with his with his you, talk, you might as done. well
0: go. Yeah. So
2: uh, so it's probably a combination of all that. I would think. But uh, I do have to say that I, this is a great story and a great email. If there was, so I don't mean any offense here, but no. if there was a secret way that players were getting out of the stadium, I would not reveal it. No, uh, <laughs> that would no. not make me a very popular. Person. I will say
0: this: if there is a secret place out of the stadium, it's a pretty good secret because I really don't know it.
2: <laughs> I think it's more like what you said: um, a lot of guys just leaving later, maybe some coming
0: out of different exits. And it was a tale of two cities. Is that, isn't that what I said? No, I said War and Peace. Yeah, and then I said, as which the is bell tools. Tale of Two Cities, is Dickens, right? Mm.
2: War and Peace is Tolstoy.
0: Yeah, I think so.
2: Should we get a raise for novels? Yes, yes, Charles Dickens novel.
0: Yeah, it's a yep. Okay,
2: all right. So, see, I told you questions. I got another one. All right. Actually, there's three in this
0: one. He says we can pick, but do you know the two cities that were in the tale of two cities? Ooh, London. One. Paris. Very good, Scott. Redeeming yourself.
2: (laughs) Go ahead. Salty dogs. This is from Kent Denny. I think we've had questions from him before. I like (laughs) him. that's good. He's here from Tampa, so Tamper. All right. You might run into him at some point. In case there aren't enough questions, here are three. Your choice. We do have enough, but that's okay. You you made the effort. Sure. Has there ever been a Bucks has there ever been a game the Bucks won with only our defense scoring?
0: Uh, first of all, wait, don't
2: answer yet. It's almost impossible because if the defense, unless you're talking about a safety, because if a defense scores a touchdown, then the kicker's probably gonna get the extra point. You would think. So it's yeah no. but the answer is no. Yeah. I looked it up,
0: just to be sure. I was trying to think of when was, you know.
2: In the spirit of the question, however, there have been a number of games where we've won where the defense scored, but the offense
0: did not. Yeah, no, I could see that.
2: One of them was the Matt Bryant game. Really? The, the, the 62-yard field yeah. goal. Now, he had three field goals, but the only touchdowns were Ronde Barber pick sixes.
0: Oh, that's right. Ronde's still bitter that he didn't give City of the uh, <laughs> They Didn't give him Ronnie Barber Day. Yeah.
2: Twenty-three to twenty-one was that score, and Ronnie had the two touchdowns, and Matt Bryan had all the other points. That's funny. Do you remember the Baltimore Ravens game early in the Super Bowl year? I do, with Derek Brooks
0: scoring touchdowns like
2: crazy. Well, he scored a nine yeah in that stretch. Yeah. He scored a ninety seven yard touchdown in that game and Carl Williams on an interception. The truth. The truth had a punt return, and we didn't have any offensive touchdowns. Yeah. So these aren't strictly guesses to the question but I think they're in the um yeah
0: they're in the vein of yeah. the defense winning the we game.
2: We had a game in uh, 99 that defense was really good against Atlanta that we won 19 to 10 and you might remember at the end Donnie Abraham Donnie Abraham had a pick six and it was like he was blitzing and he leaped and jumped and caught it while blitzing <laughs> and returned it for a touchdown because at the time it was 12 to 10 mm-hmm. all on Grammatica field goals. Wow. So there's another one and then in 2001 we had a game where the only touchdown was Todd Yoder. Remember him? I had Todd Yoder,
0: tight end, great guy. Yep. Played for us, really went good. To Jacksonville player. went to Washington, right. Really good guy. In fact, here's a little tidbit about Todd Yoder. Give me a bit. That's you ready? Yes. He is the official NFL uniform police at times. Yeah, yeah, he's in that group of the, yep. of those guys. He's mm-hmm. he's a super guy.
2: Yeah, and he had a block punt return for a touchdown. We won sixteen to three against Cincinnati. Otherwise, we didn't score on offense. And there was one more, but it was in the eighty 87- seven. It was one of those strike games in 87, so I'm not going to get into the details. But all those games were wins in which we scored on defense but not offense. Hmm. So it's in the spirit it's of the It's there, yeah. And then it, his next question, what does a day in the life of Scott and Jeff look like? Mm, depends it on depends on what day of the week it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also depends if we're talking in-season or out-of-season. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's – if it's a day when the players are practicing, then it's a lot of split. It's a lot of up and down between the top of the building and the bottom. I agree. Certain times writing, certain times doing interviews. Uh, if it's a day when the players aren't here, I'm just in my office most of the time working yeah. on stories.
0: Well, for me, it depends. If we're doing uh, Bruce Arian's TV show, we're doing his radio show. Usually that's on. Yeah, you got a lot of those, those goes on. I do three. Sh- I do. Uh, we end up doing like three shows on Monday. Yeah, you got to go set one I, up I do. today. No, yeah. You? Well, we do it. We have a show uh, later on Mondays at Hooters in in Tampa. Um, Tuesdays are uh, a day that um, you know I start building the next game. You know, Wednesday it's practice, just like you doing the salty dogs. Yeah, you know. The big- actually, actually, the easiest day is Friday. Yeah, but for me, what I like. I shouldn't say the easiest day, but the most fun day is Sunday, game day. Is that's the not fun. the easiest day? And for me, well, for me, I can't do anything because I've done everything that I can do. And yeah, but now, you're still in the headset, like communicating information. Yeah, stuff, yeah, but now right? it's but now it's following the yeah. game. Well, that's kind now of the way. It's, you, yeah, it's and, and that's where I find it to be fun. That that's the icing. That's way the players
2: feel about it too, because mm-hmm. they put on all the work during the week, right. and they want it to pay off on Sunday, which is why they hate losing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say Sundays are game days are. The busiest days. You get up early, especially
0: if you're on the road. You get up early, you got to take the bus to the stadium. Uh, I was on the bus at 8 o'clock yesterday morning with the snow. It was awesome. That was neat. Yeah, it was so great. It was so great. It was a long drive on the bus, too. And the most fun about it at 8 o'clock in the morning was it's still kind of dark up there. And uh, there were a number of people that had never seen snow before, so watching them see snow was mm-hmm. pretty cool. I mean, yeah. and it was, yeah, and it was coming down and it was right. sticking. And it's, I didn't it's, even it's, know it
2: was snowing. I, I woke up in the morning and opened my uh, curtains. curtains and like, whoa, yeah. wow! I didn't know that was happening. Yeah. Uh, to me, the most the, the toughest part of the entire week is the hour after the game, because oh, yeah. try to write as much the game story as I can. While the game's happening, but of course, sometimes the true story is at the end. Yeah, This no one question. wasn't so much. Once we had the Sean Murphy bunting pick, I pretty much had a grasp on what was happening. But after the game, go down to the, to the locker room to get quotes and go to coach's press conference, and then I go back up to the press box. Finish it up and then run. Get down. it mailed, at, mailed out and get back to the bus before it leaves because it leaves an hour after the game, whether I'm on it or not. Yeah, and that's, so that's very hectic on a road game.
0: Yeah, and I was just gonna say is home games are easier than yeah. road games. Home games, you're, you're for sure you're there, but but yeah, and then it's stressful though. Yeah, and on away games, then it's you know you catch the bus and you're on the plane and then you come home and a lot of times there's stuff to do when you get. The in. stressful part is that every stadium is different, man, oh, yeah.
2: and some of them you haven't been to a ton and you have to find your way.
0: Have to think about
2: and it, and then sometimes you get to the elevator. And they're great, and sometimes they take forever. And you're like, I've got seven minutes to get to the bus, <laughs> and this elevator won't come, yeah. and you're looking for stairs to run New, down. New Orleans. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not even going to talk about New Orleans. I'm not going to talk. Three things I'm not going to talk about in this podcast the, the Superdome, mm-hmm. Greg Ciano, and the 2003 Indianapolis game, because somehow we always end up talking about those things, even though we don't want to. You just did talk. I about just it all told three. you I'm not going to. So all moving right. on. The next question from the same guy, Kent. When are you guys going to bring Casey back as a guest? So I guess we have to, huh? Probably yeah. the well, next time we can't find a player. I mean, <laughs> I mean, geez, you know, she's on everything else. I know no, right? she
0: don't need to be on the salty dogs. <laughs> uh, you know, but Kent, he's from, Kent, he's
2: from, uh, no, he's I, from Tampa. Yeah,
0: I mean, can't just Scott and I have our own territory for crying <laughs> out over, loud? She's the face now. You're, you you got to do you do how many shows with her? You do one on game day on oh, Wednesday. You do, you do one on Wednesday. Two on game day if it's a home game. All right, there you go.
2: Wow. Uh, well, she does a very good job. No, That's I didn't say she's she did I know just, you didn't.
0: I'm just saying. I didn't
2: want yeah. it to sound like we were being uh, critical. No, we're not. That's why she's we're, all over all the videos. She's, not at all. all right, moving on. Hello, Jeff and Scott. I was curious about Jameis' interceptions, and with some QBs throwing the ball 50 times a game and other QBs in the low, in the low teens, I wanted to know what percentage of his throws or picks and with that, I found this link, and there was a link, he helpfully put this link into Pro Football Reference, which I use about 50 times a day, by the way. Mm-hmm. I found it very interesting and thought you would, too, love the show and would love to hear your thoughts. So, the link was to the all-time, Pro Football Reference is an awesome wef- website with everything you want to know about football, the NFL, <laughs> and um, and you could do all kinds of searches to find things. That's how I found, like, the Brad Perryman, Brashad Perryman note, <laughs> I was telling you earlier. Um uh, and in fairness to search, you, the
0: reason why you say Brett... Because I saw Brett Perryman play. And play, and that's his father. So. Yes. so
2: it was a list of the all-time leaders in interception percentage, mm-hmm. which would start with a low percentage, right? And Jameis' career percentage right now is 3.3%, which you'd like it to be lower, and that's the, that's the whole issue, right? But what's interesting about this, and I'm sure it's the reason that this guy sent it to me, which, by the way, I believe is another repeat, Todd Birchfield of Lake... Penasofsky? I remember saying. Oh, like, yeah. We, yeah,
0: we had to look it up.
2: Okay. 3.3 3 is not great. Uh, it's not horrible, but it's not great. Um, but the funny thing is is the group of, you know, because it would be like tied at 71st is everybody that has a 3.1 or whatever. So at 3.3, 3, this is the group of quarterbacks that he's tied with that are qualified quarterbacks. That means they played enough that have the same interception
0: percentage. Peyton Manning? No. Oh, okay. But. Brett Favre is on that list. Uh, He's right. got the same interception percentage <laughs> with Brett Favre. Well, it worked out for Brett pretty good, didn't it? Some of these
2: names are crazy, man. Some of them are great, like Brett Favre. Jay Cutler. Who, for some
0: reason, I, I do. I, 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 he, he had his ups and downs, yeah. too. But he had a pretty good long career. Sure. Tony Eason. Oh, wow. There's a name for that. For
2: Roman that. Gabriel. Uh, some of this has to do with back in the day, interception percentages were a little higher. Mm-hmm. They've gone down. Across the NFL. Um because
0: of the short passing game. Roman Gabriel. Roman I haven't Gabriel. heard that name in so the Rams, long. right?
2: Elvis Gerbach. Oh yes. Dante Culpepper. Now he had a pretty good career, right? Wouldn't mm-hmm. you think of him oh, as a you, good you, quarterback, don't yeah. you? Uh he I kind of thought more Dante was more of a runner than No, I don't think he yeah. was. No. Um Josh Freeman, believe it or not, is on that <laughs> yeah. same list. Stan Stan Humphries, remember him, the Chargers? Yes, I do. He he was in a Super Bowl, I think. And then Joey Harrington, who really was a big-time bus, like third pick overall. Mm -hmm. That is a crazy group right there, which I think was the point of him sending me this link. And if that is, then I agree with you, Todd. That is really weird. And it it gives you plenty of reason to hope or to despair, doesn't it? (laughs) Whatever side you want, you're good to go. (laughs) I (laughs) think, But here's the point. I think, and we were talking earlier, the big elephant in the room, the big question Mm -hmm. that has to be answered in the next few months is what to do with Jameis Winston and – I I would have to believe, even though he says he won't talk about it till afterwards, that Bruce Arians would like another year, seeing what he's capable of at his high, to be able to get the more good than the bad by a much what, bigger
0: margin. Would it be fair to say this has been Jameis's best season?
2: Mm, I don't know,
0: man. He, okay, so that's interesting.
2: It's hard to say. Well, part of my thing would be. His interception percentage is higher. All right. Okay, so that's not good, and that's been the issue. And so if you went five years, and each year you're like, wow, I see a lot of potential here and big numbers, but we still have this issue, it has to start getting resolved, right? So I don't think you can say it was his best year mm-hmm. if he didn't improve in the one, although he's improved of late, mm-hmm. if he didn't improve in the one area that you were worried about. It's his most prolific year because he has already set the Bucks record for passing yards and touchdowns, and he's had a ton of great moments. But I'd have to go back and look to be sure if I thought it was his best year. Okay, because he did throw 28 touchdown passes in 2016. Oh, that's true, and that was just his second year.
0: Why? Well, I think I think it's like anything else. You look at uh, you know Bruce's uh, Bruce Arians has said it a number of times. I've only had him for yeah you know 13 14 games, yeah 14 point. games now yeah. So yeah. I think that- it, 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 again that's that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see which way that goes. And I tend to
2: think that he's going to be back next year, one way or another. I don't know that for sure. That's just my guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, Eric from Winchester, Virginia, uh, says, "Hey guys, love the podcast, and I just wanted to throw you got to throw you guys a question. I'm out of I'm an out of town fan and kind of have a tough time keeping interest with these repeatedly subpar seasons. So the question is, what should I be watching for the last couple of games? What do you think would point to success next year and give us fans some hope for the future?"
0: Well, I think if you've been watching the last few weeks, I think it's yeah like you're seeing what's coming together now. Yes, as a
2: team. Uh, uh, this last this next game would be something because the Devil's advocate could say, well, they just beat a Detroit team that had a thousand injured players. Yeah, they beat Indianapolis that had lost four of its last five. Mm-hmm. They beat Jacksonville,
0: which was struggling. But Jacksonville went out and beat Oakland on the road. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you play what's on your schedule. Exactly. And I, I know what you're going to say. But but if you want, if you're going to have to, I'd always we say, we're going to have to rate wins, which I no. don't believe in. No, no, in. I agree with
2: you completely. Um, I'm just I said but, I was playing devil's yeah, advocate.
0: Yeah, but I would say that this is a great game to get into. One, you're five and three on the road. That's pretty impressive. That's very impressive because the old adage was: you win six at home, or if you win all your home, you win six of your home games. Four your away, you're games, in. You're in. If you win all your home games and half your away, then you're probably a first round buy. Yeah. So, um, they're they're definitely a road team, so to speak. But the Houston Texans are coming in. They need this game they're in their own they they're controlling their own destiny. Yeah, they just
2: they just got that by beating Tennessee and they're
0: 9 and 5. And so this is this is a It's a big game for them. Cuz they play Tennessee again in week 17. Yes. So, so you need to put them away. And all of a sudden there's a lot of Tennessee fans that are rooting for the Bucks this week. And uh so, you
2: know, the Tennessee fans would absolutely love us if we won because mm-hmm. we lost to Tennessee, but if we beat Houston, we will beat the other three teams <laughs> yeah, in their division. Yeah. So you're I, welcome. And the, you're welcome, John Robinson.
0: Yes, who is a really good guy, yeah, by I'd the way. Love to do yeah, him a favor. Yes. Um, so if you would. <laughs> okay, but you, you have this
2: 9-5 and five team coming in mm-hmm. who's been wildly up and down. They they really handled New England, and then the next week they lost. I think they got spanked by Denver. So, But they are capable of very good things. And remember how I said we have trouble with guys when their quarterbacks are moving around. Uh, Deshaun yeah, Watson. I was just going to say. And you have basically nobody left to catch passes, which is the strength of your team. The strength of our team is Jameis to Chris and Mike, and now we don't have that. So, to win under those circumstances
0: would be very, very impressive. Right. And 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 you know you get to play the spoiler, and it does. That's know, fun does, too. Does, yeah. is, does this game have meaning? Yeah, it has meaning for the organization because. You know, the guys in that locker room have pride. That's and they sure. have an opportunity to take seven out of eight games, which is pretty impressive. I don't care who you're playing. Oh, 100%. So there, there is there is that. And I think, you know, for what to look for, you're see seeing all the young players come together, you know. Vitavea, yeah. uh, you know, hasn't had a lot of stats. I've been seeing people that chatter about him not having a lot of stats the last few games but he it, he's still making an impact uh, most definitely and that's that's the other thing you start you know if you're if you're at the game you can put binoculars on the lines and it's fun yeah. to watch the offensive line or in your defensive lines and it gives you a better perspective of a guy that you may not think is all that great and you watch mm-hmm. him play an, uh, a few series you have a better appreciation for what they do it's um it's funny because today Bruce
2: Arians was asked um it has asked who would you be pushing for the pro bowl for the bucks because that's going to come out tomorrow mm. uh and he said the names you would expect he said he, obviously you start with mike and chris and he said shack and he said levante david and those are probably our best candidates but he also said vita vea he says he's, he's having that kind of year and that's in the like you said the absence of numbers to prove it but that just shows you how important a guy being very good in that role is. Right? Yeah, and
0: if he's doing his job, a lot of times it gives yeah. someone else an and opportunity. We have, we
2: have the number one ranked run defense in the league. That's a Vita Vea thing. Yeah.
0: You want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. I'm in the mood. This
2: is from Mike in Connecticut. All right. So we've had Virginia, Connecticut. I like it. Indiana, Tampa. Um, hey, guys. So since my last idea of asking James about the squints, remember squinting <laughs> at the morning, yes. went over so well. It did. It did go over well. I've got a new softball for Jeff to lob. Oh. This one's for B.A. this time. Due to the fact that we seem to get the first pick out of the way on the first drive. By the way, this question was sent in before the last game. Any thought of deferring to the second half when we win the toss? At least we'd get the ball out of the locker room, which is when we seem to get rolling. And like B.A. said, after the indie game, we must be the nicest team in the league. Referring to giving the ball away early. Yeah. I think it's only right we offer the ball up first. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. I know you have the stones for this one. Make me proud.
0: I guess he wants you to ask Bruce that. I up. think I think Bruce already answered that. He likes to he likes to get his offense out there right. Yeah, away. he likes it's... to set the tone offensively uh, on which on which way to go. And then, um, like for instance, the Lions game. The pick in the—I in the I mean, there was a first down, and then he, he throws the pick, but the defense then comes out and shoves it down, and then yeah. they just take off and running. He just—he likes to have- And in that case, we didn't have the choice. They won the loss. Right.
2: But here's the thing. It doesn't really address the issue, because whether you're the first team of the offense right. or the second team of the offense, your you're still series. talking about Jameis throwing a pick on your first, first series. series. That's right. all we're talking about here. Yeah.
0: Not— whether you had the ball first or not. That's why when he throws it in the first series, I feel better. <laughs> it's over with. <laughs> it's over with. Okay. All right, we got the game plans working. Let's go. <laughs> so you, if you
2: if you defer, which a lot of coaches do, because mm-hmm. they like that having the ball out of the second half, because if you can score at the end of the first half and then yeah, have you, the ball, it can be demoralizing. Yeah, But, you know, you always think that. And we've done that. We year. have deferred once, I think, just once.
0: And then I think we scored before the end of the half, and then we scored in the... In which, the, yeah. I have to think about what game It's it was.
2: a worthwhile... Um, I think the vast majority of teams actually do that. Mm-hmm. Bruce is a little bit different in that he wants the offense on the field, which means we normally start, because if the other team wins the toss, they're deferring, which is what
0: has happened a lot this year. Yeah. So, that's right. that. There you go. Well,
2: so, yeah, lots of questions. and I, Like I said, I appreciate at least, it. at least one more right now that we can add for next week, and
0: well, we only, well, I guess, uh, really, there's only a couple more shows left this year. Yeah. This season.
2: Yeah, one for sure. One. I don't know if we do one after the last
0: one. Well, I, we could. Yeah, we could. We'll, we'll see. see. We could talk about the offseason, whatever.
2: Yeah, about. so maybe if we have questions. what It's what? all on you, not you. <laughs> you, you, the listener. Yeah. And,
0: since you did, thanks for listening.